Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. From the WEEI Studios, 93.7, WEEI-FM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. Here's what I will say, and this is very critical. seems very critical, but it's really the truth. Most defensive coaches, most, not all, have a hard time understanding that playing quarterback, when you take one in the first round, it's either going to work out for you or it might cause you to lose your job. That is the southern drawl of Mac's personal throwing coach. Very interesting individual. I listened to the full Patriots Talk podcast, as did Mego. Uh, Joe Dickinson is his name. He's coach Troy Aikman, among other coaches. He's Mac's personal throwing coach. He's been working with Mac this offseason. And he says there, in as many words, Mac's what got Bill fired. And you better get ready, Gerard Mayo, a defensive coach, because if you take a quarterback in the first round and he doesn't work out, you could be next. So interesting stuff. We'll get into trade requests. Regarding Mac Jones, which Joe Dickinson spoke about with Tom Curran on NBC Sports Boston. Mac and what he learned about last year. It all ties in with the Patriots and their quarterback plan. What should they do? How do you want to build a team? And I hope they're not afraid of that. I hope they're not afraid of, well, if we swing and miss, we got to start over again. We'll have to find a new coach or Gerard Mayo is personally afraid in year one to dip a toe into the quarterback market because that's not what's best for the franchise. It might be best for Gerard Mayo, but it's not what's best for the franchise, at least in my estimation. So it's Jones and Mego with Arkan here on WEEI. Lots to get to on the show. Mego, you look at the two teams in the Super Bowl, and it's a good way to break down how you should build that quarterback. And not that the Niners haven't taken a quarterback high in the first round. They did and failed. But the Chiefs targeted Patrick Mahomes, and he's, you know, in my estimation, the second greatest quarterback of all time, nipping at the heels of Tom Brady. They targeted him. They went and got him. And their franchise turned. They were pretty good. The franchise turned. The Niners plugged in Brock Purdy. And they're in the same game. Who would you rather be? How would you rather build your team? Really, from a roster construction standpoint, are you okay building up the roster, plugging in a quarterback? Or do you want to target, identify, find that guy, and then fill in the gaps around him? It's a philosophical question 
that I think is a big one for the Patriots this offseason. It's our big cue at two, if you want to check it out on Twitter, at Jones and Mego. Uh, first of all, I'm just going to... I'm going to take these as examples, but everybody would say Mahomes. Like, everybody would go with Mahomes, right? Like, 100% of respondents yeah, would the question say, isn't I'm totally going to go with Mahomes. You have to go for a quarterback. Like, you have to start with the quarterback to me. And either way, it's going to be a two- or three-year process to get back into serious contention in the playoffs. But for how risk-averse everybody is with the quarterbacks in the first round and saying, well, Marvin Harrison Jr. is a lock, and uh, you can't go wrong with him, and he's going to be a generational talent. If you're saying that you want to build out the personnel around and then just plug in a quarterback from whatever round, as it looks like you know the 49ers did with Brock Purdy, I would say look at the championship winning quarterbacks of the last 15 years or or just going back to, I guess, 16 now, going back to 2008. So AFC championship quarterbacks, there have been six different quarterbacks because most of them were Tom Brady. Right. Five of six were first round quarterbacks. These are guys who won the AFC championship. The other one was Tom Brady. NFC is more instructive. There were 15 different quarterbacks who won the NFC championship. Um, Eight of 15 were first rounders. So overall, since 2008, all conference championship winning quarterbacks, 61% are from the first round. If you're going to get a long-term quarterback, you're probably going to find it in the first round. And it's one thing to say, I don't love these first-round quarterbacks. I don't love who's mocked up in the first round. But if you're saying you don't want to go there because so many of them are busts, because you see other teams cycle through the first-round quarterbacks, that's just not an argument yeah, to me. You're the afraid. position you're in, that's where you start. If you have the quarterback, you're pretty much set. Like, you're good, and you'll know. And if you don't have it, then you're going to suck again, and guess what you do? You end up and you have to go into the draft again. Yeah, and to me, you know, the building up the roster is what's going to take a long time. If you don't want a long rebuild, you don't want to build up the roster around the quarterback. To turbocharge the rebuild, you find the QB. To me, now if you swing and miss, Mayo might be out of a job. You know, Max throwing coach there. Joe Dickinson is right. That might have been what cost Bill his job. And I don't know if Bill looks at it that way or not. I don't know if that's how the crafts look at it, but that's how it's starting to look from the outside looking in. You know, Mac. Bill, the crafts, that decision is what ultimately expedited Bill's exit. So if I'm Gerard Mayo, or if I'm the Patriots, rather, I am not letting Gerard Mayo call the shots on this. And I'm not letting Gerard Mayo say, ooh, you know what? It's my first year. I'm not ready to commit to a quarterback right now. Because I don't want to miss on one. And I don't want to take a two- or three-year rebuild because I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to take a quarterback now. And if he doesn't work out, I'll dive back in in two years. I'm not trying to twiddle my thumbs in the meantime and be some middling team. Arkan, how should they build it? I think they need to build it from the roster first, and the reason why I say that is because Patrick Mahomes didn't come to a team like these Patriots when he made his debut. He came to a pretty stacked Chiefs offense with Kareem Hunt, with Tyreek Hill, with Travis Kelsey, all in their 20s, and that was a team that he inherited, and he didn't inherit a team like this. If he did, I don't think he'd have been in the Super Bowl in two years if he was inheriting these Patriots. So I think that there's so much work to do on this offense. In other circumstances, maybe I'd agree with you. I'd say, yeah, go for the quarterback. That's important. And it is important, obviously, who your quarterback is. But I don't think that there's too many quarterbacks, even if you hit on a pretty good one, that could walk into this offense and suddenly make them contenders. I just don't see it. I don't think that that's that's a reasonable thing to expect. And I think that with all that work that you have to do, you need to start there and uh, and work the quarterback into it. But you know they have more than a first-round pick. 
I know they have more than a first round okay, pick. Okay, so like, but you can sign guys in free agency and build up around the quarterback. You can draft in the second, third, fourth. Like, you can build up around the quarterback this year. You don't have to wait. It's not just like you take the quarterback in the first round and then there's nothing else around him. Like, and I get what you're saying about Mahomes. There was a lot around Mahomes, although a lot has left and a lot has peeled away. And I don't know that he came in to a team that had had success. Like, per- I mean, this team has been to a Super Bowl before Purdy ever got there. So I think the Chiefs were closer to a rebuild, but they weren't bare bones like the Pats. Or, you know, it was closer to targeting your guy, finding your guy, identifying your guy. And that's why the Chiefs elevated. And so, to me, that that's how I would do it. And, and it's not just you take the guy and there's nothing around him. He, the quarterback, if you take him at three, is not going to walk into what Mac Jones had last year. That's true. He's but not. I also would be fine with using that third pick and getting somebody else, getting somebody to, for the quarterback to throw to, you know, just fortifying this offense and building it up because – you can start with the quarterback, and that's not a terrible plan. I don't think that would be, like, the worst thing in the world. But what does this team need more? They need much more of an offense than just some quarterback who's, you know, making his first start ever in the NFL. That's not what Brock Purdy had. That's not what Patrick Mahomes had. Most quarterbacks who end up being good don't start off in a situation like this one, even if there is a rebuild. You know, Mac Jones, he had a rebuild, right? They they brought in all these wide receivers yeah. and tight ends, and then two years later, the entire thing collapsed on itself. So I'd be okay with building it up and having some something a little bit more uh, structurally sound than what Mac Jones had. Honestly, I think it's like you're either having one debate or the other. One debate is how much do you value the quarterback position where you think it's better to fill in everything around the quarterback, you know, get a Christian McCaffrey, get a Debo Samuel, get a good offensive line, uh, maybe do something like what Philadelphia did. Or if you think it's if you if you're having the conversation that going in the first round and getting one of these particular quarterbacks is not the best way to find a quarterback. Like either you're telling, do you get what I'm saying? You're telling me quarterback isn't as important as we all hold it up to be and look at the Niners and what they're able to do. They can go through just basically never having Trey Lance really see the field to going to Jimmy Garoppolo, glass Jimmy, who's never really won anything to going to Mr. Irrelevant and they just plug and play. Or are you saying, well, there's all these quarterbacks are first round busts. Like, you don't want to be the Jets who are going back and back and back. I mean, you could be Houston passing on CJ Stroud. You know, like, how would you feel if that was what Houston did? Because Houston wasn't ready and they were too afraid to take a quarterback. They look like morons. They wouldn't be in the playoffs. They wouldn't want to play off. I guess the question, Arkan, is like, because I know you don't love these quarter, this class of quarterbacks. I don't. But do you think that if you took one of these quarterbacks and they could be a CJ Stroud, that that their development is going to be really hindered because they're not in a great situation in terms of what's around them with the talent? I think that could be a, a definite problem, yes. Absolutely, I do. I think that that could be a, a, a real serious problem, and I think you've seen it with a lot of other guys who have bottomed out in their first year. You know, Bryce Young, look at him. Like, he had nothing to throw to. It was a bare-bones offense, and he looks like a total bust. Uh, Richardson's a little bit different because he got hurt, but I don't know. He didn't look like he was setting the world on fire there with the Colts, and they had a couple of guys to throw to in a, in a decent run game. So, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's examples on both sides of it, I think. And, again, this is tainted by my belief that that these quarterbacks aren't particularly uh, exciting to me this year. I just don't think that they're going to be that good. I don't think there's a lot of great pro- pros okay. in this class. So. Arkan's afraid. That's okay. A lot of people are afraid to take a quarterback. How would you build your team? It's up now at Jones and Mego. It's our big question of the day. Would you build it like the Chiefs? Would you build it like the Niners? 617-779-7937. Arkan's going to have an update here in trending. I just want to get your thoughts on it quick. The commanders are not going with Ben Johnson, who we thought was the favorite there. 
Is Bill Belichick in the mix in Washington? No. Why? Because we would have heard it by now. Are you sure about that? I'm not. No, of course I'm not sure We heard sure a lot about, about Bill to Atlanta, and now he looks like a chump. So maybe he's going to operate in the shadows for another job. He's not going to sit and interview for another job after the Falcons told him thanks, but no Certainly not with Washington. Right. <laughs> he's going to say, come get me. No, I think Bill's out of it. Like, I really do. I think that he's going to be sitting out this year with Washington. I, Bobby Slowick, as far as we know, is still in the mix. They're still going to talk to Glenn out in uh, Detroit. So they're still looking they're, they seem to be like all over the map, but if you look at what they're doing overall, I still think that they're going to try to make a push for someone like Bobby Slowick. Do you think Bill's warming his way in in Washington? Unless he's willing to abandon all of his principles, no. But it, there's the, the only thing I'll hold on to, the little sliver I'll hold on to, is that he'd go to watch. He'd realize, oh my God, this really there's no market for me. I got to go over there and, and get on bended knee, hat in hand, and say, okay, you guys can do all this analytic stuff and whatever. I just want to coach the team. That's all I'm going to be is the coach. Nothing else. I don't have to bring my kids. I don't have to bring Josh McDaniels. I'll do whatever you want. And that's the one way I could see it working, or the one way I could see Washington doing it. Okay. So is Bill still alive? Is he still going to have a chance at a job this off season? Uh, the Washington job is open. They're not going with the perceived favorite in Ben Johnson. What does it mean? You can jump in 617-779-7937 along with our big question of the day. How should the Patriots build their roster? Beginning with the number three pick. And we're not done with Mac. Apparently there were trade requests regarding Mac Jones following his rookie year. You're going to want to hear this uh, coming up right after trending with Arkham. We have triple play at 445. We have Meg explaining at 530. We have bet roulette, some picks for tonight at 545 and Rob Bradford, normally Tuesdays Ooh. at 430. Ooh. We're going to talk to Bradfo at 330 <laughs> like today Ooh. as we get into, uh, well, the Fenway Sports Group, as we've been talking about for the last week plus on this show, involved with the PGA Tour. What does it mean for the Red Sox? I can't imagine it's anything good. All right. All that. All that Rob, get excited. All that right after trending. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is Jones and Mego on WEI. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go. I don't know why it didn't work. Maybe he just felt like that he wasn't his guy. And, you know, because, you know, most people don't know this. And 
after the first season and I saw that it what that it was really good for Mac and I saw that his coach was leaving and whatever, I advised Mac and his agent to go and ask for a trade. Hmm. Because I didn't see that what he was sticking around him or whatever, the the help or whatever. I, I just said, hey, I just think it'd be better for you and the Patriots if they trade you. And that was going uh, into twenty two. That was going into twenty two because I felt like, hey, if you really want this guy to work, you're gonna get some guys around him. You're gonna you're gonna put the right guys around him, helping him. And if you don't, just mm-hmm. just it's really easy. Just trade him, get another guy. That's unbelievable. That's Joe Dickinson. Mac Jones's personal throwing coach after Mac's rookie year. Pro Bowl alternate. But Pro Bowler, as Arcan will remind you. That's right. Also in that offseason. Reading across the field. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also in that offseason, Curran mentioned a couple of different times in this almost hour-long podcast with like 18 billion golf references. <laughs> yeah, what was that? I don't, I don't know. This guy likes to talk about golf. But he was interesting. Bill Belichick, after Mac's rookie year in, like, training camp, said Mac has made tremendous strides or whatever he said. So Bill's still talking about coming off a Pro Bowl alternate appearance. Mac's personal throwing coach is saying, go ask for a trade. Get the hell out of there. Patricia and Judge, no Josh McDaniels, nothing around you. Get out of there. And I guess we're led to believe that Mac didn't request it. Although there were trade rumors for Mac this past offseason in 2023 and I do remember at the time do you remember this Arcan? I remember talking about this at night where there were some ideas that McDaniels may want to bring Mac with him to Vegas yeah. and to the Raiders yeah, yeah and so maybe that's where that all came from but people in Mac's camp his personal throwing coach who he's worked with since he was like 11 years old 14 15 years something like that after his rookie year he's like get the hell out of there and smart <laughs> well I wish I wish the Patriots listened to that trade request it would have been smart for the Patriots to move on. That's called selling high is what that's called. It's been smart for Mac, too. Maybe. If he can play, who knows? So it would have been smart. It definitely would have been smart for the Patriots. I have no idea if Mac would have worked out in Vegas or not. But, wow, that tells you about the distrust. That tells you about the fit in New England for Mac Jones. And that is part of the risk. Like, when I say you can't just take a quarterback that you don't have conviction in. I wonder what the conviction level was in Mac that year. They took the fifth out of five quarterbacks. How high could that conviction level possibly have been? Or did they just say, oh, you know what? We like Mac, and if he's there, we'll take him. We don't love him, but we'll take him. And you wind up with a kid who's not a fit, can't hack it, maybe can't play, and I don't want the Patriots to run that back. So, look, I think they should find the quarterback, target the quarterback, go with the Chiefs model. If you're not sure Jaden Daniels is going to fall to you at three and he's your guy, Get up to two, do whatever it takes, find your guy and go get him. That's what I want them to do because I don't want to get stuck holding the bag, getting the leftovers, and having some kid, you know, asking for a trade or having people around him saying, Mac, Mac, ask for a trade, whispering in his ear. I don't want that. And so I think Mac should be a cautionary tale in that way. Don't wait. Don't sit there and wait and twiddle your thumbs. Go get your guy. Mac's definitely a cautionary tale. For that reason, I just look at that draft class and the further we get away from it, like this is when I hear Arcan talk about this year's class, 
I think about it, about that class, because from that class, who would you take? You would basically take Trevor Lawrence. And even I he, like, has, I like not, fields, even he has not lived up to the generational expectations, nope. the Andrew Luck level expectations that were levied on him during that draft. If the Patriots were right on anything, I remember at the time hearing that Bill was not super high on any quarterbacks in that draft. Well, so you he, could say he that, quarterbacks. that he didn't. That's not noteworthy. That, he that, hates all quarterbacks. That they just let Mac fall to them and there wasn't conviction in that. But I don't think there was conviction anywhere in that draft. In which case I would have said if I was Bill Belichick, like, just go get Micah Parsons and whatever. Like, so if that's how they feel about it, it's just, yes, you have to have conviction in the quarterback. You also can't underrate the quarterback. And that's why, in a way, like, I want the Chiefs to win this Super Bowl because I'm sick of sitting here and have people, like, tell me, well, you can go get a quarterback in the fourth round. You can wait until the second round. Oh, I just heard three different names from college football, and they're probably going to be there in the second round. So I'll go with them because, like, they're names I've heard of. And I'm not trying to say, like, oh, nobody watches college football and nobody does draft analysis or anything. But to sit there and be like, well, you can just grab a quarterback anywhere. Oh, go get Kirk Cousins, 35-year-old coming off of a, an Achilles injury. He's going to be – he's great. You can have him for like two or three years for $45 million a year. Like, stop underrating the quarterback. It just kind of drives me nuts. Yeah, I think they underrated it in that draft. And I think they haven't – I'd agree with the text line and what you're saying, Mego, 37937. They, they didn't have a plan. They had no plan after Brady. They thought they could figure it out because Bill doesn't value quarterback. And so, look, you're right. It could be that draft class. But Zeke has made this point before. It also could be the Burrow to uh, Herbert year where there's just quarterbacks everywhere and it could be one of those drafts. You don't know. And so I'm not passing on one. I'm not. I like the quarterbacks. I have no idea if the Patriots do. I like these quarterbacks, though. I know you disagree, Arkin. Yeah, I think this is going to be more like the Jameis Winston-Mariota draft. Like, you know, that was it was one with two big ones at the top, and they went 1-2 or 1-3 or whatever it was and uh, ended up both sort of busting out. And I think that, you know, <clears throat> there may be one guy who has, like, a decent career, and you might see, you know, some guys not be total busts, but not anybody that I would throw away if I really thought, and I was locked in on Harrison, for example, and thought that he was going to be, you know, a, a superstar and a can't-miss guy, and my scouts all agreed with me. That's who I'd go with. Uh, uh, or, uh, you know, somebody else on the that can help you on the offense. And I don't think it's that controversial either. I mean, you just said it. In that 2021 draft, Mac Jones, I mean, he's the only one. Like, did, was Lawrence a Pro Bowler? Like, I think that he's probably right up there. Like, I believe Lawrence has been a Pro Bowler. That yeah. one season was as good as anybody else has had, and that's Trey Lance and Zach Wilson and the rest of these guys. Justin Fields, you know, Mac Jones is better than them, or he's had a better career than them at least oh. uh, so far. I know he got benched, but, I mean, what does that tell you? The other guys all got benched too, and none of them were Pro Bowlers, and none of them had played in a playoff game. So it's like – there's there's many different ways you can look at it, and I do think that if they really liked one of those other quarterbacks, Jones, I agree. If you're zeroed in on somebody and you think that this is the guy, then you go for it. But if they're sort of not really there on any of them after the top two or if they don't even care that much about the top two, get what you want. Build the offense up. Yeah, I'll, I'll just correct you. Lawrence has been to a Pro Bowl. He's won a playoff game. Uh, oh, that's true. Yeah. And Justin Fields has not been benched, right? I mean, I, I'm, not no, saying, he's not. I'm not saying Justin Fields is a lock. Zach Wilson, Wilson benched, benched, Trey Lance on his second team. Wilson's about to be on his second team. So is Mac. So is that a cautionary tale? And here's what's a real cautionary tale about Mac. Vet the camp. Because I think the camp around Mac is a real problem. He doesn't know who to listen to or he's listening too much to them, whether that's family, agents, 
friends. Are you throwing this guy in the there? The throwing too? coach. Well, he yes. didn't take his advice. He well, didn't he, he didn't request a trade well, that we know of. No, not that we know of, yeah. but like uh, people in his after after his rookie year, people in his camp are telling him ask for a trade. Well, was he wrong about the situation he was going into for his sophomore season? I think that's part of the problem. Mac Jones. Like you're better than this? Yes. Mac people like that in his ear are why he never even gave Patricia and Judge a chance. And like maybe it wouldn't have worked, but Trust me, I've been telling you guys this for a while. It was clear in the Daniels story. I think it's clear listening to this throwing coach. He never gave it a chance. That's a reflection on him. Like, Bill made a bad decision with Patricia and Judge. Obviously, he never gave it a chance. And so, I think the camp with Mac is a real problem. You know what? I want to say something, Jones. Like, you are right about that. Yeah, thank because, you. And you have been early on that because we argued about this probably around a year ago when we started this show together that you said that he didn't give the Patricia model a chance and I said you were full of it. Like Patricia was, Patricia and Judge were being too sensitive because Matt got up there in training camp and said, I'm going to learn from them and maybe they'll learn from me. And I still do think that that's like overly sensitive if you're offended by a young player saying that. But you hear his throwing coach who's known him for 14 years and tells him, you got to get out of there. Yeah. Like after his rookie season because he doesn't like the setup. That would make me look sideways at whatever situation I'm yeah. going into. And by the way, that's what Max said on the record. Like, who knows how big his head got off the record after one measly Pro Bowl alternate well, appearance? I don't know if it's about having a big head as much as it's he didn't believe in he didn't believe in the environment in New England going into his sophomore season once he saw the setup there. Okay, so even if Mac Jones bought into Patricia and Judge a hundred percent, they still didn't know what they were doing. That's they true. couldn't get calls in on time. It was a total disaster. Even if he bought into it a hundred percent, they're still not making Arcan. the playoffs. Arkan, let me tell you. That's still a dead-end team. Let me tell you. Bill O'Brien, I did not think of highly as an offensive coordinator. You heard me say this. Check mark for Jones. But when it comes to O'Brien, he's at least an offensive coordinator, right? Yeah. Okay. If you listen to this full interview, and I didn't have Ryan pull clips about this guy didn't believe in Bill O'Brien either. Yeah. This guy's like, oh, he had no shot in year three either. It's like, what the hell does yeah. Mac Jones need? That, that's the part that I got hung up on majorly where I was like, wait, why? Why? Bill O'Brien was good enough for Brady. Yeah, I never mean, won with him. No, I mean Brady, Brady elevated Bill O'Brien. But yes, I, I just Max Camp is a problem. So make sure you vet that when you're hitching your wagon to a quarterback, because Max, Max Camp is is a problem. And I think listening to this guy, I found him entertaining. I'm happy at the candor, and we'll ask Tommy Curran about it later on this week. But I, he had people in his ear after year one telling me it was the greatest thing in the next Tom Brady, and I, I'm I don't even know if he can play. 617-779-7937. I got news for you, Jones. Caleb Williams probably got some people like no, this. No, this, this is why I don't have Caleb Williams one. Mama's going to be right there. I feel consistent on this. She's crying into her bosom. I feel consistent on how this. great she is. You know me, though. I said I'm not taking Caleb Williams number one. I think it's a mistake for Chicago to take Caleb Williams number one. Because if, if you think Max Camp is bad, look out for that one. Uh, 617-779-7937. Speaking of Bill, could he be warming his way in in Washington? Uh, the perceived favorite there, Ben Johnson, is staying, quote-unquote, in Detroit. I wonder if that's his choice or he knows he's not the pick or whatever. But okay, It deeply hurts me either way. Is Bill worming his way in? Uh, I was I was all set. I was like, all right, Johnson to Washington. They got Adam Peters there. Like, this is a new day. i annoyed that they're moving that stadium to Virginia, and now it's just like they're back in no man's land. They're like the Patriots with the offensive coordinator search. Would you be a thumbs up or a thumbs down on Bill? Thumbs down. Okay, just checking. Just seeing. Sometimes you change your mind. I'm just uh, seeing where we're at. No, I remain thumbs down with we'll, that situation. We'll add the Belichick discussion to all your phone calls and our big question at two up now at Jones and Mego. Uh, how should the Patriots build their team? Uh, like the Niners, where you build up the roster, plug in the QB, 
or do you go target your guy like the Chiefs did with Patrick Mahomes and, and try to get past Mahomes versus Purdy and which quarterback you like better? The the structure and the building and the thought process behind it. Uh, let's get some phone calls here. How about David in the car? Go ahead, David. Hey, good afternoon, guys. So thank you for taking the call. Great topic. And, Jones, before you call me off, just hit me off for a second. Okay. So this is why you build a roster, okay? Just like building a business, unless you have a plan where you're going to bring in a new manager, okay, because you already have the employees, that's great. But you have to build your roster. In football, you have to do that. It's a business. It's a sport, but it's a business. You build your roster, then you plug in a quarterback. Do you plug in somebody like, uh, like uh, what's his name, from, from the Vikings, 30-something years old? No, hell no, you don't do that. That's just stupidity. But the problem here is that if you don't do it that way, you're bringing a new quarterback to, to nothing. And yeah, we all know maybe, that. David, but I keep giving you Houston. Houston is a – for people who make that argument, Houston is like a tough – uh, counterpoint to that and it's like I also could give you I, like Atlanta don't a lot of people look at Atlanta and say they have everything but the quarterback and like I don't know like do you want to be Atlanta right now like, I don't okay the car has everything be Atlanta but an engine. engine would you yes I don't know about that like the Patriots have a way to get their quarterback it's easy it's pick them at three and so I don't know I don't really, how's Atlanta getting their quarterback Arkan they draft another one draft one in the second round you okay know? Get one of the other guys and hope that he fits in better than Desmond who's, Ritter did. I think li- you have an offense there that you could play. You drop a quarterback into. Okay, you couldn't drop Desmond Ritter in there. Well, De- maybe Desmond Ritter sucks. You so couldn't he- drop Tyler Heineke in there. And so I don't know that you can just drop some second round pick in there. And so like Heineke I- played okay this year, didn't he? Who Heineke? No. I I don't think so, but I don't I know. I I mean, look, the Falcons weren't good. I, I'd have to break down Heineke versus. You no, know, I Ritter. love Heineke. But-, but like, I don't know who's more likely to hit Mego, the third pick or a second rounder. The third pick. Yeah, I, I'd rather be the Patriots than the Falcons. I, un- I understand the counter argument is not like, well, it's that that you're not going to hit. It's people are so afraid of the risk, which is what bothers me. That's the only way I can say it. People are afraid of what you're going to give up by not drafting Marvin Harrison Jr. They think that if you don't draft Marvin Harrison Jr. You're going to give up something incredible yeah. for something that might be pretty basic. I'm sure that's what the Browns thought when they drafted Braylon Edwards. Isn't that the same thing you're doing with the quarterback, though? If you don't draft the quarterback, you'll miss out on some generational quarterback. You're doing yeah. the well, same I'm asking thing. you where yeah, you're getting. No, I'm not talking about getting a generational quarterback. What's I'm talking about getting a starter. Yeah, what's more important? Getting a starter that you can sign to a second contract. Like okay, happily. I mean, sure, a second contract. I mean, that's uh, how good are we talking here? You know, multiple Pro Bowls or just a guy who's good enough to get to a second contract? I think that in this league, they're usually somewhere in the same. Well, if you get so fifth year option, you're you're picking that up. I mean, that's you know that then you're talking about like a top uh, ten quarterback no, in the league. I'm with Arkan. Like you're hoping to hit on exactly. You're hoping to hit on like a top okay, ten a top quarterback. Okay, top ten in the quarterback league. is not a generational quarterback. No, but you're hoping to hit on at least a top ten they quarterback in rookie year. They're probably in the league. league. Yeah. I'm and, not saying in their rookie year. I'm saying it's going to be a two to three year process, no matter what you do at very best like i think i've been pretty consistent on yeah, that yeah i just a receiver's not a franchise changer like what go- i've said this before too what good is uh to stick with the falcons analogy drake london he's top 10 pick right or garrett wilson what good are those guys if they don't have a quarterback they're not any good they don't change your franchise a quarterback can change your franchise jim's in winchester uh i think arkan you'll like this one go ahead jim Oh, yes, he will. And I don't know about you, Jones and Mega, but our can't. you are the voice of reason hey, on this show when it comes to Marvin Harrison. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. It's not a garbage phone. No, it's phone. not a garbage phone. What are you talking about? Go ahead, Jim. Uh, Terrible oh, call, no, Jim. no, I, I heard gar- – sorry, I've been cut off sometimes. Um, <laughs> you build a team – like Mac Jones didn't succeed because of Bill Belichick. Is There are a lot of factors. One, he didn't follow the plan. He tried to play outside O'Brien's scheme. 
too much, tried to do too much on his own. He got too frustrated, let it show. He wasn't a leader in the locker room, according to players. So let's get that out of the way. You got, you got to rebuild the team, and I believe you can do both at the same time. It's not either or with the QB. It's not. So where are you getting There's your QB? talent there. Huh? So, Who would I pick for QB? Yeah, where are you getting your uh, QB? No. Where? Yeah, who's your? Where are you uh, finding the, a starting quarterback? Either the draft, either either the draft or free agent. Okay, well, that's the problem. Uh, yeah, right, exactly. Like this is the problem. I don't know the draft. Yeah, well, that's why I take one at three. You kind of need a. I don't know if you notice. You kind of need a quarterback, unless you want to run it back with Mac. Or look, I think I'm way more open to the idea. Uh, uh, who said this earlier? David in the car shot down the idea. Of Kirk Cousins. I feel like you're not a big fan of that no. idea either. I could be talked into that. And I don't think Kirk Cousins is a bad player. I just don't like his situation and his his contract that he's expecting. Harrison at three and Kirk Cousins. I could be talked into that. This is not my plan A. Plan A is get the quarterback and get him right now. Uh, meanwhile, your quarterback last year, I like this. This is what uh, Mac Jones has been doing in Oklahoma with this throwing coach that, uh, again, is part of his inner circle, which I find very questionable. Joe Dickinson. Here's what they've been doing the last couple of days. They've been looking at or I guess not looking at, all of Mac's interceptions. Mac Jones with his 10th interception of the season at a back-breaking moment. You remember that one in Germany against the Colts where Arkan had to ask him if he had the yips afterwards? No, it was a stinger. Uh, well, it could have been a stinger. Uh, let's hear what uh, Joe Dickinson had Doctors to say about it. split on that. <laughs> Joe Dickinson had to say about it. I mean, I literally threw up in my mouth when I saw it live. <laughs> and then when I looked at it on tape, I was like, my gosh. You can make that throw with your eyes closed. No doubt. And uh, he knows that. He didn't even want to look at that play. And, you know, because as quarterbacks, it'd be like a guy hitting it, you know, on the the TPC and, you know, and and Ponte Vedra hitting it in the water three times. You know, you just don't want to look at it again. And, uh, but there was a reason. When you're falling back and you're, you know, you're a little beat up from maybe a sack earlier in the series or whatever, and you just throw a terrible throw and it'd be the one like, hey, man. How can I get that play back? Well, you can't. Mm-hmm. That might have been the straw that broke the camel's back, you know. And then, um, and it was a t- and he can make that throw with his eyes closed. And for he made it, and he knows that. And I think at that point in time, I think he felt like the the noose was so tied around his neck that he was choking to death. I really believe that. Okay, so a lot of it wasn't just. I mean, Arkan, I think was onto something with the yips. What's he, the, what is that? He asked Mag about it. Mag didn't like how, it. How I don't does, know if that's like a legit but, question. Sports. There's also, for how much his throwing coach talks about golf, no way he didn't know about the yips. Of course he knows what the yips are. Of course he knows what the yips are. And so, look, I mean. particularly care for the question. No, Joe Dickinson, uh, his throwing coach, going back to when he was 11, on the Pat's Talk podcast there with Tommy Curran. The yips were, uh, I don't know, it's a golf thing where you can't, you know, or a baseball thing, you can't make an easy throw. It's a golf or a baseball thing, you know. And so, you know, he even said, like, yeah, he's a little dinged up. I don't know if people know that, but I'm not going to make excuses. And it's like, okay, even the throwing coach is like, wait, well, yeah, he's a little dinged up. It was mental. It was mental with Mac. And so this is a lot of what you got to vet out with these quarterbacks. 617-779-7937. We'll continue with your feedback coming up. You can continue to vote. At Jones and Mego, how should the Patriots build their team? If you're using the Niners and the Chiefs as a model, you want to build up the roster first and then go get the quarterback? Or do you want to get the quarterback right now? Because, I don't know, you might not be drafting three again anytime soon. Or maybe with the trajectory of the franchise, maybe you will be. Uh, we'll get to the Celtics last night. They won. They came from behind. Good win against the Pelicans. Joe Mazzulla with some very interesting comments about the team. Are the Celtics too entitled?
Let's get to that next. Take Jones and Mego wherever you go. Just tell your smart speaker, hey, Alexa, play EEI, play Jones. <laughs> this is Jones and Mego. Yeah, I hate Jones, Alexa, on WEEI. I do not know what's going on with us offensively. The first half is uh, there's like this sense of entitlement where like we're just supposed to play like amazing basketball every quarter, every game, and that's just not how it works. There's no pop behind what we're doing. Got to be a little bit of force behind your play here. I said to the guys at halftime was like it felt like it was we gave up 24 points. Like, it was 25 to 24, we won the quarter after giving up 36. This lineup for the Pelicans, we need to go like 15 to 2 against this lineup. <laughs> this is not a good lineup. Uh, this expectation of it's supposed to go a certain way all the time is it can be extremely unhealthy. Right, takes it. And we have to just continue to play regardless of down five, up eight, it doesn't matter. We're only going to feel good about ourselves when the ball's going in, then that's a recipe for short-term success. And I thought that was what the issue was in the second quarter. Were the guys able to embrace that? It looked like Jalen and Jason were kind of joking around at ease at the beginning of the second half uh, during that challenge. Uh, I would say so. We won the game. Joe Mazzula following the Celtics come from behind victory last night. Over the New Orleans Pelicans, they trailed by as many as 17. They trailed by 11 in the fourth quarter. They went at 118-112. No cover. It did go under for you, Arkan. Sure did. Zion went over. Jalen went under. Hit mine. One of us is holding uh, the whole group back. I don't want to name any names. We'll revisit at Bet Roulette. Why point fingers at Jones? Exactly. At 545. We'll revisit that. Whose fault it is. <laughs> so how's Joe Missoula? Did you catch that? A sense of entitlement among the Celtics. That was unprompted. I like He said that. it. Let's hear more from Joe Missoula before we react, because uh, he circled back to it another time. Again, unprompted. This is Joe Missoula picking up where he left off. More entitlement issues with the Best Celtics? Made a 17-point deficit, which is something you guys have done in the past in terms of getting rid of a double-digit deficit. But this one was a little different. You had to keep fighting in that fourth quarter. You went down again, come back, you know, seal the victory in the final couple of minutes. What did you see different about this comeback, maybe yeah. compared to other ones in the, throughout uh, the season. I just hope it happens 10, 12 more times so we can get rid of the entitlement that we're always supposed to be winning. So I hope we have to blow leads. I hope all that happens. I really do. And so like that's what I think. I think it's just like at times we're just supposed to be winning all the time. And it's just not the case. So we have to stay the course. Sometimes you can be losing because you're playing good basketball. It's just not the, the result isn't being achieved. And like you could be losing because you suck. Uh, I thought we sucked in the first quarter. I thought we were losing because uh, the result in the second quarter. There's a difference there. Like, and so we just have to continue to play. It's really important. Okay. So that was Missoula. Again, unprompted, talking about the Celtics being entitled. Then he was asked directly about it. Uh, midway through the press conference, he was asked directly about it. Here's what he said. You brought up the sense of entitlement a couple of times. Um, I don't think it's the team personally. I think it's just this general narrative of like, it's supposed to go our way all the time. So do you think that's just outsiders thinking, you know, the Celtics should be wiping everybody off the court? Like what? I didn't say that. So tell, can <laughs> but yes. tell me what this is. I just think it's a, I just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just think this, it just happens. You know, it just happens. And, uh, you know, it's just, just like, like, you know, being down 10 in the, in, in the NBA is really not, like, foreign to, like, the – 99 percentile of the nba like that happens all the time you know and so like at halftime i said that i was like what, what are you doing like it's a 10 point game it's three possessions you know in an nba game and all the idea of having to like go battle for a win like earn a win is like celtics have to earn a win tonight it's like yeah playing in the nba it's a good team you know and so like we can't lose sight of the fact of like we have to earn a win every night it's going to be just as hard tomorrow 
doesn't matter if the record's 5-20 and 20 or they're undefeated. Okay, so to me, I want to like this if he's yelling at the players. But if he's yelling at the media and the narrative around the team, which when he was asked directly about it, he let the players off the hook and then put it on the narrative, I like it less. So, Arkan, you said you like it. Why, why do you like it? You think that was a message to the players, not to the media? Yeah, I think it was uh, – well, I mean, I think it was a little bit of both, but I do think he was uh, certainly saying to his team, you know, this is how you have to win games in the NBA. This is what we have to be prepared for when we go to the playoffs. You can't coast all season. You can't just expect things are going to get handed to you. They haven't been. And that's a lesson that I feel like these Celtics haven't really learned yet, you know? I mean, maybe this year it'll be different, but it's not been historically something that the Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum Celtics have – have really been able to execute on. So, yeah, I like I like that attitude. I like the way that he was saying it. I just wish he hadn't backtracked and said it came from outsiders because I think the truth is, at many times, the Jays-led Celtics have been a front-running team. And this is Missoula's way of going, we need nights like this where we're rallying back in the fourth quarter without Kristaps Porzingis and Derek White is completely cold for three quarters and then comes alive in the fourth quarter and Tatum takes over. Like, we need these different styles of wins so we can prove that we can work for it when it's not going our way and we don't live and die by the three and we can go into the second quarter and technically win it even though our offense isn't really there by holding them to 24 points. Like, I I get what he's saying. I just hate that he backed away from it then and said, oh, yeah, it's from the outside. Like, just admit that, you know, if you're getting – I understand because he used a term of entitlement, which carries a lot of baggage. Twice. He did it on his own twice unprompted. NBA players, but at the same time, it's like, okay, well, if you're going to say it, just stand by it and say, like, that's what this team needs. Ime Odoka did it, and they respected him for it. Ime Odoka would stand on the sidelines and say, stop playing like a-holes. Yeah, so to me, I – it feels more like a media finger wag. Like if he's saying, "Guys, don't li- don't listen." But where do you think it's coming from? Ignore. The, if he's just saying, "Ignore the noise," the the bill trope, and he's like, "Look, you guys have to work. You have to grind. Stop buying into the media narrative." That'd be one thing. It feels like more of a finger wag. And the only reason I say that is because listening to the full press conference, he got punchy again about threes, like as he tends to do. It's like, oh well, yeah, we were down because the Pelicans were making their threes, and they were their crappy shooters were making their threes, and our guys were missing theirs. And then when our guys hit, we started to jump in front. That's why you keep taking threes. Like he got a little self righteous about that. He started laughing at Gary Washburn before, before he even got he the question out. Question. And so, like, it's just I, I could do without that. Not just as a media member, but like, I just wish he was on message to the play, calling them entitled. I think it'd be a great message. Yeah. But are you calling them entitled or are you lashing out at the media for creating that narrative? I think he wants to call them entitled, but he doesn't want to do it because he doesn't want so he's them making to the be media the bad guy. Mad right. at him. Okay. But he brought it up the way he brought it up. Like, I mean, that, okay, it, I'll it, take it. It's out there. If yeah. that's what he's doing, I'll take it. Real quick, and then we'll get back to your phone call. 617-779-7937. Zion, after the game, you see his comments about the garden? Uh, he said, quote, it's dope for the atmosphere about the garden. I was talking about it before the game. It's a dope-ass arena. Playing here in their fan base shows them a lot of love. When you're in an environment like this, your basketball blood can't help but come out. He's a Duke guy. Tatum's a Duke guy. Anything to these comments about Zion Williamson in the future in the garden? I hope not. I don't really want Zion Williamson in the garden, garden good, every year. He was good last night. night. I'd like Zion he was, but I don't, I don't buy it. No, the, thank you. The issue with him is... in for Al Horford. I'm, I'm into it. The issue is he's, he's never out there. Like, when he's out there, he's good. But he's never out there. Uh, so we'll add your thoughts on that. 617-779. It's nice to hear nice things about the garden, though. It, garden's a good... Re- for, look, 
It's not like the it, nicest all arena. All those uh, surveys every year, everybody always says the Garden is the number one like, place to play. I don't think it's like the greatest fan experience, you know, like the arena and the concessions and everything, but, like, it's loud. The, for both the Bruins and the Celtics, it's, a, it's, it's loud. This is a dope-ass arena. Nice. I mean, nice. playing here and their fan base shows shows them a lot of love, so when you're in an environment like this, you, I mean, your basketball blood can't help but, like, come out. Okay. Zion's like I had four slices of pizza from that concession stand. Love so, it. The joke in the Twitch chat right now. H horn, uh, AC horn. Who is that? I don't know how to say it. Oh, you're always calling him out. Well, he's got funny stuff. Like in a good way. Or she. But yeah, no, he's just stuffing his face in the buffet. That's what he liked about it. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. Ryan's in Manchester waiting patiently. Go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, not a fan of Zion unless he plays for the Celtics, and then I'm going to love him forever. <laughs> but. Uh, the the Pats, I think a lot of delusion out there. I, I hate to break it to Pats fans, and I've been one for a long time. We're going to be right in the same scenario next year as we are this year. The roster is basically coming back. Nobody's coming here on a discount to chase rings anymore, and you've got the most inexperienced coaching staff in the league. And now you're hoping that your scouting department, which is the same, is smarter than the two guys that are drafting before you. It's only happened twice in NFL history that quarterbacks have gone one, two, three, and guess what? Two didn't work out, and three definitely didn't work out. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.